This is the One Step Better Podcast. Helping small businesses make wins each and every week. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the One Step Better Podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, and with me today, we have a very, very special treat. Not only is Matt Patrick with us, but we also get the infamous Kimberly Pope, who's joining us. Kim is our director of accounting. Uh, She kind of keeps everything organized uh, in this entire building in in a lot of ways. Uh, And so, Kim, thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you. So we're going to get started today with a fun question. If you could look into the future, but only like one time, it's a, you, you got 30 minutes, an hour to look into the future and you can never do it again. What are some of the things that you would try to find out? I think I would probably want to find out how my kids and grandkids were in the future. Yeah. Just, are they doing well? Are they healthy? You know, what does life look like? Do they like? have a good careers? Yeah. I'd probably just want to make sure that they were okay. I think I'd like to see my kids with their grandkids. That'd be a neat. I mean, obviously, you could go down the morbid path of am I going to live alone? Is my wife yeah. going to have to live alone? What happens after I pass away? Or my, like, that's kind of morbid. But I do like the idea of maybe watching my kids with their grandkids. That'd be neat. That, yeah, that's yeah. funny because that was my first thought too is what, what are my kids look like as adults? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially yeah. right now because I'm in the throes of, you know, we got all the way from <laughs> 13 to to three. I want to know, like, what, what do they look like as adults? That would be, mm-hmm. that would be fun to know now, uh, especially for those days where it just feels like they're just a bunch of whiny <laughs> brats. It's like there, there is light at the you end get of over the that, Mike. It's coming. Yeah. Got a little, got a little you got ways adult, to go, you have adult, you have an adult child mm-hmm. and I have what is now a technically. And a, a grandchild. Yeah. And you're, you're. I'm a grandmother. Uh, yes. Yeah. What's, what are your, I'm a what Kiki. You, kiki. That's just because you're from Toronto and Drake, and that's why you do it. Keep it's keep. actually not. I, did. Uh-huh, I don't sure. even know that song, to be honest. But now it fits right in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So anyway, um, if I could look at the future, it would, there would be some interesting things that uh, that we would be able to figure out. I think the same would be true. Like if you could go back in the past, would you do it? What would you look at? That type of stuff would be fun. And in some ways, the past can be a predictor of the future, which is why it's really important. Here we go. Mike's so good at segways. To make it's sure so that you have good historical data in your business so that you can use that information to inform your future, especially from a business component to know exactly what it is that I should be looking at. Do I actually have good information on what it is that I should be looking at is going to inform a business owner or their teams to be able to make quality decisions. So what we're going to talk about today is around those uh, those lines of thought. And that is, what are some financial benchmarking that we can use and we can put in place in our organization so that we can make good decisions and that we can actually track the status, the health of an organization. And so there's nobody better to do that than a bunch of nerdy accountants. And so uh, we're going to jump into that today. Here's where I want to start. Matt, you've yep. been running a business, owning a business for uh, almost 20 years now, um, which is why you got a bunch of gray hair. At the same time, your business has, you know, from all outside looking in type of measures has been a successful business. Won a lot of awards, been recognized by a lot of really cool uh, organizations. 
um, and also just from me being part of it, it it really is a cool organization. So as you started is that to him being a pet himself on the back, or I was I wasn't sure that's a compliment. Especially yeah, yeah. The, the years that I've been a part of this, it's even better when I'm here. Right. Just saying, no, yeah. but, but I know, it really took off when I started. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and then I came on after you, and yeah. it was the dream team. And next thing that's you right. know, we're putting Matt on a pedestal. <laughs> yeah. um, no, in all seriousness, the yeah. your your <laughs> business has a trajectory of yeah. being successful. Been very fortunate, but. You didn't, this was your first business that you ran. You had been around, your parents had been entrepreneurial. You, you know, you've been around that for a little bit, but this was the first business that you truly ran as your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so when you started doing this, did you, on the early days, did you ever even have a mindset of these are the things that are important that I'm going to track or did that develop as you actually had some experience with this? Um, in the very beginning, no. My very beginning goal, like most people is like, okay, I pay my bills. Like that was my first thing. My first one was income replacement. I had salary before I went and worked there, and I came here, and I was like, I need to figure out, sorry. But I originally knew right away, like, well, what should a business like this make? How much, what's possible for me to make as an owner? Obviously, coming from a county background, I'm like, okay. I also had some mindset in my mind, okay, well, I know the industry says this is the standard of a production of a, of our people that should make sense, both both volume, but also like as a multiple of what our bill, how do I set my initial billing rates is kind of where I started with that. When you first started though, you weren't interested in owning your job. You were always interested. I'm gonna build a team around me now wisely over time, but you never started out with, I'm gonna do a bunch of tax returns and this is gonna be me and, and we're gonna- I didn't want me with a bunch of helpers. That was always, I didn't want me with a bunch of helpers. That was never my goal. Gotcha. I wanted to run a business, that business I wanted to be it may have been a tax practice. It could have been, but I wanted to run a business, not be me with a bunch of people helping me. It wasn't about you being the all-in C yeah. CPA. From, the, from day yeah. one, I would say that's probably true. Obviously, in the beginning, it was all me because I had <laughs> my first pay the first year. I had four employees, and you know, it, a lot of the work fell on me. And I had a bunch of helpers, and I couldn't afford anything more than helpers. And that's kind of just where I was. Um, but from the very beginning, knowing like, okay, I want. Well, I've always, this is the story before. It's I made well, we did. I, I was I don't mind sharing this. I did a hundred grand revenue my first year and made sixty thousand dollars. I did two hundred thousand dollars revenue my second year and made sixty thousand dollars. I did three hundred thousand dollars revenue my third year and made sixty thousand dollars. Said this doesn't work in the way I think it should work. Yeah. I'm not the smartest accountant, but this is math is broken. <laughs> and so I went. There's got to be. I'm doing something wrong. And so I was I was out searching for help, and I knew the numbers I was looking at. But I wasn't impacting the results I wanted to have. Now, granted, I was investing all the growth in the new employees, and I was trying to scale. Like It was the idea of, okay, what are we selling? And then who are we hiring? What, how much production should we get out of people? Are we pricing stuff correctly? All the stuff as owners. Um, I was investing in software and hardware and space and all the things that got started. But the reality of it is, is I'm going, I'm not really taking any more money home. This is, I'm working my butt off. I'm working around the clock. and So... That got me down a path of, okay, what should I be expecting to measure when it comes to... What is reasonable? Yeah. What is, okay, what sh what's a number I should be able to get to the bottom line? And so I want to know that number in my industry, what makes sense, what's possible. How do I maximize production in my team, but also reward them for the idea of, I from the very beginning, I want everybody to win. So I hated when I worked at other firms, which was, I worked a lot, and my paycheck didn't change, and... That worked out great. Like uh, new client, that doesn't sound great. A new client means I have more work and you're not paying more money. I didn't love that idea. So initially, just figuring out what the 
what the goals were, production, how many people we should have, how many clients every person should serve, all that kind of stuff was kind of where I started. And so, Kim, you've you've kind of gone through this exercise with a bunch of people that have come through our doors. Is your typical business owner that you're dealing with a little bit like Matt, where hey, I know that I have some goals, I need some help clarifying or figuring those out. Where's where my where my opportunities are in my organization, or is it more? I'm going to go swing a hammer, hope for the best, and see what happens, happens. That is where they're at. I don't think they even have any idea what their goals are. They started a business. They know that's what they want to do. That's what their passion is, but they have no clue. We bring in 50 clients a year. How many or so, how many of those clients you think have an understanding of what their numbers should be, want to be, know what they're looking at, understand their financials? 10%? Right. Pretty low. It's very, very low. Which, which I'd say is, even as me, as a new business owner, that's probably not much different than me. That's, I honestly, this it sounds what a wonderful accountant I am. When I first started my business, we, the question we get a lot is, how do I pay myself? Mm -hmm. Like, what is reasonable what I should be making? I was just looking at it as, okay, I have made this before, I need to make that now. How do I make that now after spending all the stuff I need to spend? That happens, our clients are the same. Mm -hmm. What we want to help them, I think, do is, let's try, let's try to get our hands around, what's a couple metrics you know that matter to you, right? And setting, helping them identify what the goal may be, and then how they can understand what they're looking at. Now, that becomes hard a little bit for both of us. A, getting that clarity on their side of what they even think they want to measure. Right. And where the well, because they, they don't know. They don't want to know, they don't know where they want to go. Right. Right. I mean, it's a struggle whenever I don't know what I don't know. I need some type of outside influence to right. say, these are the things that you need to know, or these are the things that you should care about. These are the things you need to look into. Or here, yeah. I mean, these are the questions to ask to at least try to start to generate those thoughts of, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. You're right. I do need to think about if I do this, this is what I need. So uh, let's, let's pretend for a second that you are having that conversation with uh, maybe a more seasoned business owner. Let's say they own a restaurant. And they're looking at, hey, look, this is this is what my business is doing. They're giving you a set of books, a set of financials or whatever. What are some of the things that you're drilling into to see, all right, this is what looks reasonable. This is what's not reasonable. How do you start to advise them on actual numbers inside of their organization? Sure. So, I mean, top line is where we start, right? You even have sales. <laughs> How are your sales? Um, you know, if you don't have sales, that's a big problem and then you go to your you know prime costs so for a restaurant especially i'd say you know your food costs and your labor those are those are your two things those are the most important um, and if you don't have a good handle on you know who's buying what do we are we wasting are we spoiling are we not buying right you know that goes that goes wrong really quickly yep. labor if you don't know how to cut your labor and determine are we busy are we not busy do we need extra people do we not you know those are those are kind of the key areas i think for You're a right restaurant on. yep and I, I i start thinking immediately to okay do you have the right people on your team to know La to make decisions La La labor labor wise okay so we have clients that have overcomplicated labor oh we've got this executive chef you're selling burgers <laughs> Yeah, you're paying that person like a it's chef. It's not even that you're selling burgers; it's you're <laughs> selling eight dollar burgers, right? Mm -hmm. Not you're overcomplicating your business model based on what you think. The other thing is food costs. We see this happen all the time. 
They're just organized in their back office, which means they're not ordering well, which means they are having to make runs to Kroger or Costco to go buy stuff on an emergency. So mm -hmm. they're paying retail to go in theory and sell at retail, and they wonder why their food cost isn't right. Well, it's not a food cost problem, it's a ordering problem. But you, so I would say knowing those numbers is the first step. Absolutely. But knowing them is not enough because the reality is, and I think a lot of people struggle with this is let's say that I'm a restaurant and my food cost is 40, 48% of sales. And I'm thinking, oh, sweet. That's I'm at great. 48% of sales. But what I don't realize is that the industry may say that should be 23% of sales. Yep. So I may think, hey, I'm 43%. My labor it. cost is only 20%. Yeah. And I'm making, you know, but the, in which if that was the case, that would be pretty amazing anyway. But yeah. They're it's making negative 20%. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> we we but still yes. haven't missed, yeah. missed the uh, operating general <laughs> here. Like Just yeah. knowing those numbers we isn't enough. Right. Having something to compare them against. Yep. Uh, and that's where I think back to the, you know, kind of that transition is our past performance is indicative of what our future looks like. And so we have to be able to say, all right, last March, my food cost was 48%. This March, my food cost is 37%. Um, are better, or even yeah, better, but still not great. Right. And so those outside influences of, of, all right, this is the industry for your type of restaurant is it should be more around 24% or whatever the numbers are. And, and so it's knowing your stuff is really important, but it is not the final step. Well, I always think through that. We asked the question before we, you know, start recording, which is the idea of how many clients do we actually think actually look at their stuff. And that's where it starts. You have to look and see what you spent. You have to look and see, you know, 37%, that's great. Oh, we still ordered stupid. Yeah. Or we... 37% is a lagging indicator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we so got to dig well, in How further. do I fix this before it's a problem? And also, what's my goal? Okay, if I'm trying to get to 23% and I'm at 37, that's a 50% improvement. It's a big How problem. am I going to get there with just ordering better at some but, point you got to be okay. able to say what i have been doing is do enough do i have a pricing problem would that fix it price can fix my food cost really quick yep do i have a spoilage problem do i have a spiel problem where people stuff food costs is walking out the door which happens all the time all those things drive the, those are all the little light switches you got to turn in or turn off to get you down to 23 percent what we find is our clients we want our clients to look at their numbers. We want our but people, A, when they come to us, their books are not in even a position where they can even start to make decisions from. Yeah. They're not up to date. They're not timely. They're not accurate. They don't include all their stuff. They include part of it, but they haven't wrecked that bank account for four years. Well, that's well, just my credit card. Yeah, you order nothing but Kroger on that credit card, which is part of food costs. Happens all the time, bring a client on. Oh, your tax return's not on time, so we don't even know where you are from a tax standpoint. So. Now it's just a big surprise tax bill. They don't record any paid outs. All their paid outs, all the money. So all walking. their cash is gone. Yeah, all their cash. Where's all your cash? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all paid outs. Yeah, it was paid outs. What'd you pay out? Well, we paid out. We had to go to the grocery store and we like we had to pay this, you know, yeah, all that stuff. The guy broke the window. Yeah. Those are costs of running your business. You have to make sure they know where the money went. That happens. 90, 99. Yeah, 95% of the time when a client comes on board. But that's what we're trying to help them. Hey, first step of what we do is a sound set of books that are accurate and timely. So that we can then look at the numbers and help you and guide you and tell you what 20, 37% uh, food cost is not great. Yeah. And 37% food cost means you're probably at best breaking even, probably losing 10%. Yep. Okay. Do you want to make 20%? That's a big gap between losing 10 and gaining 20. 
And that's where I find that our, and it's not just restaurants. This is every business. This, you know, if you're a dentist and you're working on teeth all day, you're never looking at your numbers, Mm-mm. right? They're, they're not. Well, that's what you said, Kim, that, you know, the starting point is you got to know your revenue. Sure. And you got to make you protect that, make sure there's, you know, systems in place to make sure it's all being, you know, uh, accounted for correctly and not just accounted for, but also collected for correctly. Yeah. Um, but then from there, it's the prime cost. What are the things that actually, what are the big buckets that move the needle the biggest? And are those in line with, maybe I need to look at industry standards. Maybe I need to look at, you know, historical standards in, in your particular organization. But again, those are lagging indicators. Those are, that's, that's after the fact. Those aren't, you know, so it's helpful to look at those things, but the actual fix of those things is the leading side of that which may be the ordering better if I'm a restaurant or figuring out why my GM is, you know, taking all the cabbage home yeah. uh, or, you know, it's not the cabbage whatever right. it is. Cabbage. <laughs> Come bar. on, man. Cabbage is cash. Oh, yeah. Where are you well, at? maybe cabbage. Yeah. That well, may be the 2022. meat. That's what the kids are saying, is it not? <laughs> new Urban Dictionary. Taking the cabbage. Uh, so, they're not taking cabbage. They're taking meat. Yeah. <laughs> Steaks walk but out the building. You're <laughs> figuring out what is what is the leading what is what is causing right. my numbers to be so jacked up. And then I have something to fix. I have something that I can control. And so knowing your numbers is a great is a great first step. Actually knowing some outside influences that uh, that can give you some comparables to say that number is good or bad. Drilling that down into there are some things that I should fix about this turns into now I need to make some changes in my business so that we can actually correct some of this stuff. Correct. And that is where I think it gets fun. Yep. And, and I'm assuming that what Kim sees is our clients, that the light bulb goes off that they need to start looking at this stuff. And a lot of our clients are coming to us because they're going, I know I'm not managing a business well. Yeah. It's not as good as I want it to be. I'm not making what I want to make. I don't even know what I'm looking at. They're opening themselves up. In a way, this is therapy a little bit in the beginning when the client comes onto us. It's like, okay, my stuff is a mess, and I, I'm embarrassed by this. That's perfectly normal, and us understanding that with them going, yeah, that's why you're here. If you if mm-hmm. it was perfect, you don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. We're here to help you. That's what we're here for. But we also can help you go, you know, we have a lot of clients in a similar industry to you that this is a metric that makes sense for you to at least start to track. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I should do that. That's where we, we, we see enough different things that we can guide you. And that's where we help you actually, that's where the value of what we do really yeah. comes down to, in my opinion. Well, this, that's where you get to be able to start to implement change. Yeah. You know, like I, I, and this isn't meant to be a commercial for us, but the reality is, is one of the things that we are always going to drill into is labor costs, because that's typically a large component of any organization. We do service businesses. Service business means labor. labor. Yeah. And, and with that, we have to be able to, or you as the business owner really has to be able to know how much you're truly spending on labor. And so part of that is defining what that even means. You know, the, the amount of dollars that you wrote that employee check for is not your labor cost. So we have to make sure that we, mm-hmm. you know, go over that. Or even we start to separate, you know, separate out labor by departments or whatever it may be to, to say, look, your production labor is in line, but your overhead labor is way too heavy or whatever it is. Yep. And, and that's where we get to be able to implement some changes, some process improvements to be able to know what we're doing a little bit And that's bit a nice thing, honestly, having both sides of our fence, you know, it, you know, it, that we, that helps us is we understand from the payroll side, what the accounts need to see. And we understand and how the to count it. Say, yeah. I know how to set the system up so that we get the data out where you need to see. And so those two things kind of go really well together. Um, you know, 
most of our clients, we've gotten to the point where we're breaking down labor into what I'd say is variable cost and fixed cost. Variable cost labor means these people are in a production role that are producing revenue that triggers, you know, gross margin. That's going to be the, if I want to make another widget, somebody has to make What is the cost it. of me making another widget? Yep. Correct. And then we also want to know administrative costs. What does it cost you to run your business? That is a fixed cost. And then what is your owner comp? What is your, you know, there's a couple of other pieces we want to kind of keep separated. So we know that really is if I'm paying myself a salary as an owner and I have the profit of the business, I, that all is going to one of my two pockets. I'm okay with both those answers, but at the same time, I want to make sure I identify the differences so that, hey, you also have some owner costs that are maybe non-salary. Like, hey, you're paying for um, life insurance for the owner or uh, you have an automobile that owner's using that is for business purposes. Those things are kind of in that owner's comp package. I want to know all that and make sure we're identifying the right number. We get that question all the time. I didn't make any money. Well, you did because you, you, you did pay for your car and you, you took a $30,000 salary, but you did take $60,000 in distributions out. So you made a hundred grand. Like that's, that's what you made. Oh, that makes sense. But they didn't get it. <laughs> but I still don't have any my money. Pay, so my wife said my paycheck's still small. I said, yes, it is small. Cause you spend it, you know, whatever. But yeah, <laughs> you're spending your paycheck before it ever hits your it, bank account. Yes. <laughs> correct. Yeah. yeah. Tim, what, what are some of the big guideposts when you first start with a client who has really, where do you want them to start? Like if they don't understand their numbers at all, where do you kind of start to walk them through them at? Uh, well, we do a breakdown of their P&O, right? Their income statement, because that's really... You're explaining what it... I mean, honestly, we have a lot of clients we'd explain what a P&L is. Yes. What, it, what it measuring, what we're trying yep. to see. So that's what where we income, start. I mean, I business. usually... We start with the balance sheet. This is your balance sheets. This is your assets. These are your liabilities. I mean, we go real basic. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. This is, you know... And then we moved... I mean, we really start with that. And, you know, sales. And, I mean, we go through all of it. They know... I don't think they know the full picture, right? And so if they've got debt, for instance, a lot of the time it's, well, I don't understand how I made that money because, you know, everybody seems to think cash in the bank equals their net income. Yep. And those two things are not, we know, aren't the same. They're so not. There's They're not? No. I didn't make that money. I don't understand. Where is that money? Well, you've got all these debts that you've been paying off, which is fantastic. You also have receivables. So there's a lot of it you haven't even received yet. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it gets very basic. Um, but... For I mean, these are business owners. They are not accountants, right? Yep. So their specialty is. I'm a really good chef, or yeah, whatever I'm a, else. I'm a really good mechanic. Yep. Or was. And that's what they need to be. I was a mechanic, and now I own an auto body shop. Yep. Is a typical client. And that's what they need to be. So I don't want. I don't expect them to know. So I I enjoy the teaching them, and you know, get. That's why I say it gets really basic because it's. It starts how there. Do I, yeah. But I, I want to get them, I would love to get my client to the point of going, we have this little mini five leading indicators that we're watching. And then we are proving the results on the back and going, hey, you move that one from here to here. And this is the result of that. That is huge. Those light bulb moments are awesome when a client finally starts figuring that stuff out. Our goal is never to turn our clients into accountants. No. Because that's a, that's a really once a bad goal, but it's also never going to happen. We want our clients, our business owners, and their leadership teams to understand the metrics that are going to move the needle of their business. And so, like, we don't get into the weeds of, hey, you know what? You're, you paid your utility bill. What do we need to do to, to lower your utility? Like, we're not, we're not going to go in and turn off all your lights. And, you know, that's, that's not what we are. We're not trying to move the needle on your – you're going to pay a utility bill. 
That's that's fixed. It's going to happen. It's going to fluctuate from month to month, but you are going to pay it. And so we don't really have a choice over can we stop paying it? It will happen. So we're not trying to get into the the weeds of every single line item, but we will get into the weeds of these are the big buckets that actually influence your overall profitability so that you can reach the goals that you want to reach. And a lot of times, because we see this often is a a business owner comes in and they have, you know, this is my Verizon bill. This is my (laughs) AT&T bill. This is my MLGW bill. It's like, yeah, but those are all just basically the same thing. Maybe we want to break out telephone, you know, whatever, but those are basically all utilities. And so you're not going to make decisions based on your AT&T bill went up a hundred bucks or went up $200, but you will make decisions whenever I have 200 extra dollars of cabbage sitting in the, Mm -hmm. the, the walk-in purchases. I mean, it's really all about, you know, everything is in that sort of upper bucket. And, you know, I look at our own expenses, you know, the stuff that, you know, we see that kind of the stuff that can't slip through the cracks are, where are you wasting money? that we shouldn't be wasting money. Subscriptions. Yeah, we have subscriptions. Right? We are yep. just subscriptions, software subscriptions, people that are subscribed to things, stuff that we're not using as much as we should. So that needs to be reviewed on a regular basis. Our labor is, you know, we have some fixed labor in the building and we have some production labor. We have some fixed labor that is kind of investment in future revenue that's not maybe here yet. So understanding that we have roles in our organization that are revenue drivers and non-revenue drivers and making sure there's a purpose for every person yeah. in our boat. Um, you know, What's the effectiveness of our marketing engine? What's the effectiveness of our sales engine? What's the effectiveness of our um, of our production of our people? Those are those are indicators of a result. All those things are. If I don't make sure we're having a process to review subscriptions, then over time I've wasted ten grand this year on yeah. subscriptions, and that is part of the process we want to get a client in the the, the cycle of. Hey, it's important for you to look at your stuff so you can make decisions from it or create processes around improving it. If you're just looking at them and don't understand what you're looking at, it doesn't help you. And if you're never looking at them, it definitely doesn't help you. Yeah. And so it's the goal is we're not just giving you data just so you have the data. I want you to take that data and then make some actions to improve your business based off well, getting our, data from it. Our monthly accounting services is really just organization. Yep. It's we are trying to organize the money that's coming in and out of your business in a way that you actually know where it is. And, and so it's and that you can make decisions from it. Right. And when you know where it is, you now know that you know it you think like I think about just my home, right? I get money coming in because I am an employee, but I'm gonna go buy, I don't know, we're gonna go buy groceries. um groceries. And if I look in the pantry, because I'm organized and my pantry's organized, everything is clean, and I can, and I have 84 cans of beans. Next time I go to the grocery store, guess what? I do not need to buy another can of beans. And so it's all based on if things are cleanly organized and available, and you know what to look for, then you're going to start to change your decision making behavior so that you can actually reach your goals that you're trying to hit. Thousand percent. And it's it's not any more complicated than that. What we try to help with is these are the this is what organization actually looks like and it's not you have all of your food in this one spot it's no you need this like your meat is here your vegetables are here your you know whatever yep. and and so it's it's a strategic organization about the yep. inflow and outflow yeah and that's and that's where you know we try to put some processes in place for them to some clients need different processes based on their type of business how they manage cash you know, how good a job they do of, of having processes. You know, we have a couple of different systems that we've, we put people through depending on what makes sense for them. 
But it really comes down to identifying their goals and helping them identify the goals and then us having ways to measure those progress towards those goals. And I think the big thing that, that is always important to, to take away here is, uh, you know, because you're absolutely right, Kim, a lot of people come in the door and they're like, I know this should be better, but I don't really know how to do it. And I'm really not interested in figuring it out. Can you help me with it? And that's an okay place to be. And if you don't have a good understanding of your numbers, you need to ask for help here. And so if you're working with an accountant, whether it's us or anybody else, you need to have a conversation with that person to say, and just be open and honest of saying, look, I'm struggling with this. It's not, something's not working. Something's you know going poorly, or I just don't know where I'm at. Can you help explain this to me? And a good accountant should be able to sit down and say, yes, absolutely. Let me teach you exactly what we're trying to do, what we're tracking, how we know how you know successful your organization is or how unsuccessful your organization mm-hmm. is. It's okay to ask the question. A good accountant should not ever make you feel stupid or less than. So don't be afraid to ask. Because yeah, looking at your numbers is going to make you That idea of you you should know better or know what you, you're no different than everybody else. Don't yeah. feel like you're coming from a spot of, well, my stuff should be perfect. I've been in the business for whatever. Well, I think that's a big part of the discussion actually yeah. during install. Yeah, Because I think yeah. people feel a little... They're almost um, embarrassed. Yeah, look what I spit on food last month. Yeah, you said. Yep. Well, not even that. They yeah. just don't know. Right. And they don't know what they don't know. And so, you know, that's part of the install is you came to the right place. There's what ego. we're here for. Yeah. And, you know, I let them know. I don't – you're not supposed to know. You're not an accountant. That's why you're here. We're going to get that sorted out and we're going to make gonna a judge you and do this for... together, you know. So – and there, I, I mean, the last two installs, I can think they were both. They're like, I, this is like a breath of fresh air, you know. And yeah. it, it's, I don't, it's we haven't even done anything yet. We're just having a conversation. They, they took their big pile of crap and they gave it to and, you and said, "Whoo, well, like you said but, Yeah, it's like you said earlier. It's, it's that first meeting is a little bit of a therapy session. Mm, it and, is, and it's just to be able to get it all off your chest of, mm-hmm. I, I. I'm struggling. I don't know. I need help. I, this is, is what I thought was happening. It's the, not. Like the 10 step program versus identifying you have a problem. You admit that you have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Kind of like that. No doubt. So if you don't know what numbers you should be looking at, make sure that you ask your accountant. Um, quick rundown. The big ones, you got to know revenue. You got to understand how money's coming in. Is, is it being collected? That type of stuff. You need to understand your cost of goods sold, whether that is labor cost or, uh, per, you know, uh, food cost or uh, products, yeah, service, what you know, whatever it is. Those are the big ones. You have to understand that stuff, and everything else is things that you're going to drill into over time. But the yeah, big you want to be. I always think you want to be looking at lag. What are some leading indicators that can drive drive change? Yep. So measure your stuff. If you're not currently measuring your stuff, measure your stuff. Get organized. Get your pantry in order. If you need some help with that, talk to somebody like Kim I like that con- I like who can that who can help you out. Good metaphor, uh, Mike. Good job. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm here for. Transitions and metaphors. Right. <laughs> that's my job. Thanks for listening to the One Step Better podcast. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it if you would take some time to rate us five stars on your podcast player of choice. And make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss out on another episode. Thanks and have a great day.